Babies, you're listening to an episode of Total Reboot. But before we get into the main episode, this is your reminder that this Saturday, the 5th of October at 5.15pm, Cameron and I, your beautiful hosts of this show, are hosting a live episode of Total Reboot at the Powerbomb Comedy Festival at Staves Brewery in Glebe. Uh, tickets are still available as of the time recording this, so pre-book ahead. Uh, the link to all that stuff is in the episode notes for this show, or you can just head on over to powerbombcomedy.com and find the links there. Cameron and I love hanging out on stage together and mucking around. It's been a minute since we've done it, so we don't know the next time we'll get the chance to do something like this again will be. We both have had a full-on year so far. So come on down, hang out with us. A good way to sum up the entire decade in film. We're going to be talking about some of our favorites, some of our least favorite movies of this decade. Uh, so you get some good ideas of some movies that you might want to catch up on. Hear us talk about some of your favorites. Uh, it's going to be a pretty fun one-off experience. And uh, we hope to you share some of your favorite films too. So if you're there, have a think about what you'd like to see. Uh, like I said, tickets are available in the show notes. And if you're listening to this on the Saturday, 5th of October, and you're in Sydney, uh, just come on down. There'll probably be a few tickets, maybe standing room only, available on the evening. See you there, babies. Can't wait to catch up for a couple of bevos at Staves Brewery with you guys. Welcome to Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet that is looking at the theatrically released cinematic adaptations of the character, the Joker, created by DC. (laughs) In the lead up, of course, to the film Joker, brought to you by the beautiful mind that brought us Due Date. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Cameron James and the other co-host of this podcast is going to talk now. Hello, my name is Alexis Toliopoulos, and I am thrilled and excited to be discussing one of cinema's most devilish comedians, mm. Mr. Joker. Mm, I'm terrified, to be he honest. He is so funny. He's exciting. One of the great stand-ups ever put to film, <laughs> The Joker. And I cannot believe that we're going to f- talk about the first Aussie Joker. Oh, and you know what? Aussies, he, they should have changed his name to Larrikin for this movie because Aussies have a reputation for being very, very funny. Very funny. So, so far, so far we've looked at the Cesar Romero yep. Joker, the uh, Latin from Manhattan, yes. of course. We've looked at Just Jack. Yeah, the Jack, the Jack Off Joker. Jack Off Joker. And now we're getting to Heath Ledger and we have a wonderful guest with us yes, to talk us through this. To talk about the Aussie comedian, the Joker, we've joined by one of our favourite Australian comedians. Mm. Uh, the guy who, who basically brought popular culture into stand-up comedy, I would say. Mm. It's what? our very dear friend, <laughs> Justin Hamilton. Oh, yes. Thank you. You know, um, in the DC comic world, there is uh, there is an Australian version of 
uh, the Batman. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? So, uh, there, so back in the fifties, there was uh, this group called the uh, what were they? They, they were they were all the different versions of Batman from all over the world. So like a was, multiverse? No, no, no. All in the one cu- uh, planet, but oh, it was like God. El Guacho. Uh, oh, wow. There was the French <laughs> Batman. There was all these different Batmans. And it was really... <laughs> yeah, there was the uh, uh, American Indian Batman. Wow, and how so it two it in was, one country? So it was a 1950s <laughs> kind of, you know, weird thing. Yeah. And then uh, the celebrated uh, Grant Morrison did a run of Batman where he treated... Uh, treated his storyline as if uh, Bruce Wayne had been Batman from 20 to 35 and he encompassed his 75 years of history into that world and he brought these characters back (laughs) and gave them these new little twists and one of them was uh, a guy called the Ranger, or uh, I think he became the Dark Ranger, of oh, course. Wow. Mm, and then, yeah. um, and I, anyway, that's a very long-winded way of saying maybe the Larrikin could be there his is nemesis. Yeah. Do you know what I the mean? The Dark Ranger versus the Larrikin. And, and you know what? If that movie ever got made, Paul Hogan is the Larrikin. Oh, Do you I reckon? mean, he's the funniest Australian, so <laughs> it would have to be him. I would, uh, I would go with the lesser Hemsworth. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Westworld yeah. Hemsworth. Chris. Chris. In my opinion, Chris is the lesser Hemsworth. Gosh. I'm a big Luke Hemsworth guy. Honestly, yeah. this is too spicy for me. I can't handle this. <laughs> too take. many hot takes. <laughs> too spicy. <laughs> what would the what would the larrikin be like? Because uh, the Joker is uh, mm. deliberately causing anarchy. Mm. Is the larrikin just causing mischief? Yeah, yeah. It? Just <laughs> <laughs> it's not chaos. It's just like oh bloody hell, uh, larrikin. Just tomfoolery. You know the, the the Dark Ranger goes to get his keys. He always <laughs> leaves them in the same place. Oh, where are they? God damn you, larrikin. <laughs> I love the larrikin. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see. I want to see this adaptation of the larrikin. Hey, you're a big Batman guy. I'm only five seven. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Spent a, spent a lot of time alone. Sorry about that, people. Sometimes I'm just excited to have company. I know you love the bat. I know you love Bruce. Tell us, Hamo, how do you feel about the Joker? Yeah, well, the Joker is, uh, you know, like a fascinating character because, mm. you know, when he first started off, he was just, he was a gangster. You look at those early photos uh, based on uh, Conrad Veet in the, the Man Who Laughed, I think was the yeah. movie. And it's... it's German expressionism. Oh, my God. It's some creepy stuff, yeah. isn't it? And it's fascinating that, you know, you, you talk about Batman through the ages and yeah. how he represents uh, or, or reflects the times. And what's kind of underrated with that is so does the Joker. Like the Joker mm. goes, you know, he start, you know, when Batman starts off fighting crims, he's very much a gangster. You know, by the sixties, he's running around. You know, he's as he's as pop art as mm. as Batman. He's like Warhol. <laughs> yeah, right. And then as he kind of keeps uh, as he's gone along with Batman, you get these different iterations of him. Mm. And uh, going back to that Grant Morrison run, uh, he. And you, you, you'll know immediately why this was in my wheelhouse. He treated him like he was 1970s David Bowie, oh, yeah. almost androgynous. Uh, and in his storyline with the Joker, there was, a, uh, there was another villain who was uh, trying to uh, take Batman down. And the Joker really fucked off about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, he's like, no, that's my guy. Yeah, And yeah. I don't need you so thinking you like can possession. manipulate me. And uh, at one Codependency p- yeah. between them. And then at it's one point fun. went undercover as this uh, hero called the Gravedigger and was helping out uh, uh, the Dick Grayson version of uh, Batman to solve crimes. So I... And, and he kind of treats him as, uh, like, he's 
uh, like he's got a super personality. Mm. It's 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 not just that he's crazy. He is he's beyond mm. normal people, and there's so much going on, and he kind of fits in with the times. So I, I think he's a, a yeah. fascinating character. Is that your favorite right. Joker iteration? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, like 70s Batman, which, uh, mm. you know, Neil Adams, hairy chested sex god Batman, <laughs> you know, that Joker was, you know, he was, uh, sinewy running around with, uh, Joker fish guns and things <laughs> like that. So, uh, you know, he, they could have a little bit more of a fist fight kind of thing, but, uh, yeah, I like the, I like the Joker who is, and it's a little bit like Heath Ledger's, uh, Joker in that you're just... You're too entertaining. Like, mm. why do I, why do mm. I want this to end? I think that I think I could be wrong about this, but I think Morrison's Joker was the first one who there was an implication that he just knew it was Bruce, and but that didn't interest him. Yeah, mm. he's not interested he's in Bruce. Him. He's interested in Batman. Yeah, you know, right, and, uh, right. and everything that comes with that. What? Who, cinematically, who is your favorite Joker? If you had to really, think oh, about I it. don't really have to think about it at all. It's. Uh, <laughs> Leto's and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like Ledger, like you know the. So I went and saw the movie I Am Legend, mm. uh, but which is actually about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's my yeah. biopic. Oh well, it's funny that you should say that. I once uh, <laughs> a mate of mine dated this girl, and uh, who I used to find really annoying, and I was wrapped when they broke up. And uh, one of the things that really annoyed me. Want, this is so much backstory. So much backstory. I, I want everyone to enjoy this as much as I did. She's just she was she was an idiot, but had no idea, and just would give you these opinions. And one day she actually said, "Oh man, I hate Will Smith." And I said, "Oh, why is that?" Oh, I just hate Will Smith because he's so up himself. Like even his new movie is called "I Am Legend," and I was like, uh, "Yeah, he picks the name." Yeah, and also, but not "I Am a Legend." Yeah. I am Legend, I am and it's legend. like, "What are you talking about?" But um. I went and saw it at IMAX yeah. so I could see the opening six minutes. Oh, that's oh, right. Yes. They did the bank robbery sequence. Yeah, right? yeah. and the, the IMAX in Melbourne is like seven stories high. Mm. And I remember the audience when he took that mask off and you just everyone was just like, oh, how shit is it that we now have to watch I Am Legend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just start talking what, about this. Yeah, what, what was that? It was know? a funny one when he uh, when he was kind of first announced as the Joker. Yeah. There was all the backlash, obviously, backlash. which happens all the time. But yeah. all it took was that six minutes for people to go, yeah. oh, okay, well, he's the best Joker. Yeah. Then yeah, the, the Oscar buzz yeah. started then at yes, that moment yeah. as soon as it was released in Immediately. Cinemas. Immediately. And it's fascinating. You know how I think Nolan's talked about how uh, the, the, the lens is slightly out of focus. Yeah. And, uh, but that kind of weirdly adds to it. There's mm. just something oh, really, really well, in Just on that shot. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so good that they just kept it, you know, <laughs> when he took it off. It adds or, to his mystery. Also, um, I rewatched, uh, I recently, not rewatched, watched for the first time The Killing by uh, Stanley yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. 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 Have you ever seen it? Yeah. So, I didn't realise this. You, you would have been ahead of the curve on this compared to me. The, the first six minutes of The Dark Knight is Christopher oh. Nolan's The Killing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. everyone not knowing the whole plan, the, dressing up as a clown. So cool. In you, in you, so cool. But even, but even the sly sense of humour of 
the killing is, yeah. is mm. kind of permeated in that first six minutes as well. Oh, God. It, all right, we should dive right yeah. into this movie. I feel like we're going to go... I have notes. Yeah, <laughs> you've got notes. <laughs> I can even start with the... You know what? Uh, this is when you know you've watched a movie too much. I always, when the movie starts, I always try to pick which window it is that explodes outwards because it's that really big shot. And it's just a little game that I play. is like, there it is. Oh, no, it was... Next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it because we are biting at the bit to talk about The Dark Knight. What are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. <laughs> Here's my card. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. You once told me that we'd be together. Did you mean it? Bruce, don't make me your only hope for a normal life. You're Alfred, right? That's right, sir. Any psychotic ex-boyfriends I should be aware of? Oh, you have no idea. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Well, hello, beautiful. You look nervous. I've seen now what I have to become to stop men like him. The night is darkest just before the dawn. I promise you, the dawn is coming. The Dark Knight 2008, directed by Christopher Nolan. Batman raises the stakes in his war on crime. With the help of Lieutenant Jim Gordon and District Attorney Harvey Dent, Batman sets out to dismantle the remaining criminal organization that plague the streets. The partnership proves to be effective, but they soon find themselves prey to a reign of chaos unleashed by a rising criminal mastermind known to the terrified citizens of Gotham as the Joker. And it was, uh, you know, we knew it was coming. Even though, you know, no one's famously... Mm just does one movie at a time. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, man, Batman begins. Oh, that's right. It ends with, it ends the, with the, ends the card. Yeah, I, I right. remember in the cinema going to my dad and going, oh, my God, that's the joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was the, um, uh, like, you got a taste for the theatrics. Uh, nice one, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Underrated. Uh, yeah, in the, Like, I know we all know Gary Oldman's great, but in the Dark Knight trilogy, oh. he is great. Yes, he is great. Yes, he is. And I don't think he gets talked about enough. Yeah. Oh, man. His scene when he talks to young Bruce to see if he's all right and puts the jacket around him. So when that pays off in the third film. I know, that was sweet. You know, here it could be somebody who oh, my God. Just hug it out. And in this movie, I was just saying to Alexi, I think the coolest thing uh, that he ever gets to do is in the moment where he. he comes back from faking his yeah. own death and he's just wearing those little SWAT glasses. Yeah, so those little safety goggles. Yeah. Those little like basketball <laughs> yeah. SWAT goggles. Prescription and he's, basketball goggles. Yeah, he's got the goggles. gun pointed down at the yeah. Joker. I think that's the coolest thing that he ever we gets got to you, do. Yeah. Son yeah. Of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Gary Oldman is like this legit cool punk actor guy. Mm. Yeah. And the coolest thing he does in this movie is something that like Stephen Roots would do if he was playing the same character. Oh, yeah. He's just like wearing these little goggles. <laughs> like... Oh, I have so much fondness for this movie, and it's been a few years since I watched it. I like this to me. It's like unequivocally the breakout blockbuster hit of this century so far. Like mm. not just the de- like not just the last two decades. I think this is a film that has like so far like defined what blockbuster filmmaking is and what twenty first century filmmaking is. Like I think that 
it just blew it wide open. Before that, you know, it's Lord of the Rings and stuff, complete fantasy. But this is like bringing in that that aspect of reality, mm-hmm. that aspect of a gritty reality or gritty uh, interpretation of reality to the screen that uh, I think has really identified what it is in this decade. And I remember the first time I saw this in the cinema, I think is like what... It's like the most vivid memory I ever have of going to the cinemas. So yeah. I remember it came out in Sydney and it was World Youth Day, which is when the Pope came to, <laughs> came to Australia. Yeah. And so like everything was like a bit chaotic around for a few weeks because all public transport was basically free. You could just kind of go anywhere. Mm. And I started at a new school where we all these new students all arrived at the same time. And we all like this group of boys came together and we're like, all right, let's go see The Dark Knights out today. And we all like snuck into the cinema because like you could just do anything. Much like the Joker. Could, yeah, it, it was, was chaos. chaos. It was chaos. <laughs> we could just go anywhere. I remember one of us, I think it was, um, we just like walked in. Some of us held the door open so people come through the exit, like the George Street oh, Cinema. Badass. So it was very badass. I didn't. I paid full ticket price. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I have this vivid or memory. Popcorn chopped up. Uh, yeah, I didn't get any. No accoutrement. I went in dry for this movie. <laughs> didn't want anything to taint my brain watching this film. Yeah. So I was just very excited for it. And I remember the this thought that I've had in my head ever since I saw this film. And I was just like so excited. I had like these two thoughts that have been stuck in my head forever. One of them when like it's all starts cooking and you've got like this, like the cast coming together and just seeing how everyone, like Aaron Eckhart, how great they're executing these characters. And I remember thinking in my head, literally this exact phrasing was, this is the best ensemble ever put together since the Godfather trilogy. Wow. <laughs> was like, and that exact thought. Yeah. And then the other one where like, when the reveal that Two-Face is happening this movie, because you're watching this and you've got the anticipation that, oh, they're setting up Two-Face for the next film. Oh, completely. Mm. And then when in, the film keeps on going, you're like, holy shit, Two-Face is the villain now. Harvey Dent becomes mm, Two-Face yeah. here. And I was like, this movie, I hope this movie goes forever. I hope my the rest <laughs> oh. of my life I'm in this cinema watching this <laughs> unfold because yeah. I don't I literally don't want it to end. I just want to see mm, it keep on yeah. going. I am uh, all over that. Uh, mm. There is there so when we saw the trailers, yeah. the, the bit where the semi flips, mm. I yeah. just automatically that was such a big stunt, mm. I just automatically thought Oh, that'll be towards the end. And when <laughs> when that kind of happened in the middle, it was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, when when everything goes pear shaped, which is uh, not only an amazing moment in the movie, that to me is the halfway point of the trilogy mm. because you know up until that moment, you know, I, I know terrible things happen at the start, but uh, of Batman Begins, but up until that moment, like Alfred and and Gordon and Lucius mm. and Bruce, they're they're loving their job. Yeah, they're like, killing they are it. taking down the mob. Yeah. They're having fun doing it. Like everyone's making quips. You know, it's everyone's like the making jokes. It's yeah, like, you know, yeah. movie. We're like, well, we've all got our special skills. Let's just and, do it and get it done. And then it flips. <laughs> yeah. Like from there. From the, the, are you talking from the moment Rachel yeah. tragically yeah. That, that we is, lost Rachel we lose. Yeah. So, yeah. That is yeah. For the that is time. the halfway point of yeah. the trilogy where everything changes. And also what was interesting was uh so many movies suddenly did the villain deliberately getting caught oh, to mm. get them Skyfall a few years mm. later. Uh, uh, the second Star Trek movie, yep. you know? Yeah. Like, yep, yep. The, the villain deliberately getting caught to get him from the inside comes from, from that this. moment. Yeah. You know? Tears it, tears it apart. I think we should just absolutely start with Australian legend Heath Ledger because I think yep. we're all kind of 
chomping at the bit. Mm, I love yeah. to say chomping at the bit, biting at the bit these days. <laughs> it's my new thing. You've got a new thing you're I'm saying. I'm chomping chomp. at the bit. I want to chomp this bit up. Uh, <laughs> talk, about Heath, talk about Heath Ledger. I think that this, I mean, I don't even know where to start because I think that for all of us here, we there was something that was very exciting that the Joker was like this great Australian actor. Yeah. I think for... For our experience as Australians with this movie is very different to the worldwide experience because I think there were people going like, "Oh, Heath Ledger from the gay cowboy movie," yeah, like, true, not, and like really going like, "This this sucks." I wanted to be Robin Williams or Adrian Brody or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then I think for us, we knew the depth of what Heath Ledger was capable of because I mean, yes. like Two Hands was like the first time I remember seeing him, oh, and then like God, yeah. same. I, I just rewatched it again recently. It's a yeah. genuine yeah. classic. It it hasn't aged. I mean, it's yeah. got it's got a lot of nineties like signposts and it's a style, beautiful look. The at style TV. is clearly ripping yeah. off like uh, American cinema. Mm. But um, it's fucking great. His performance in it is incredible. And he yeah. would have been like it's, in his early 20s. It's, there's something slightly strange about it as well with, oh, the, yeah. with the brother, I think. I love that. The yeah. It's, I, yeah, it's not just a crime. Like Aussie crime comedy is a genre yeah. Yeah. that we like. It's kind of like all that we do in a yeah. way. Um, and this is one of those. Oh. But it's also got the paranormal thing where his dead brother's like yeah. stalking him the whole time. And, and his dead brother's narrating it. Yeah. And, you don't know Pando. Everyone knows Pando uh, on the cross. It's yeah. so good. It's such a good film. Heath in it in particular, if you yeah. watched, if you grew up watching that movie like I did, you never had a doubt in yeah. your mind that he could play the Joker because yeah. he, he can do it all. He was one of those actors. It's interesting because he's, uh, he's physically, like, of course, uh, you know, the character of uh, Batman is a, a better fighter, but physically he's a match for Christian mm. Bale mm. as well. I think... Uh, I think people were kind of used to, you know, Jack Nicholson was, you know, he was a bit of a roly-poly kind yeah, of uh, joker. And you think of Cesar Romero. Yeah. And then in the comics, he's always been quite sinewy. But this was uh, this was a joker that could take a punch. Well, and you saw him do and that. And like it, he basically. It. He's yeah. into it. Yeah. So my, here's my take on it. It's yeah. not really like a huge take or whatever. But I think he's the only scary joker that I've seen yeah. on film. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I think the others I'm not frightened of. I think Jack Nicholson's funny. I think Cesar Romero's funny and silly and non-threatening. I think this one was the first one where I remember thinking, this guy does not give a fuck if he lives or dies, and that's terrifying. Because it's it's terrifying. It's beyond intimidation. I think you can make the case Jack Nicholson is intimidating, Mm. but in the way that, like, you know, fucking... Robert De Niro is intimidating mm, in like yeah. a gangster movie or mm. something. It's not the same as this. This is someone who's truly dangerous. He oh, wants yeah. he wants Batman to kill him. Yeah, and in a way that's going to prove his point. Yeah, that Batman will tip is capable of being tipped over the edge. That all good it, it, is capable of becoming evil. It's really fascinating because a he. I think he's only in the movie for, what, 23 minutes or something crazy like that. God, but he really? has a story arc. Mm. Like, you know, he comes mm. in to, you know, he's really uh, trying to get the attention of the mob yeah. to then do, to take out Batman. But then he kind of realises, ah, oh, you know what? This Harvey Dent guy looks like he'll be more fun. And then <laughs> yeah. he gets bored with the, he gets bored with the gangsters. And then mm. he just, he almost at the end, he's like, well, you know, Aren't you adorable, Batman? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you are, you are incorruptible, and he's yeah. really entertained by that as a as an idea. So you do kind of get a little uh, story arc with him, and it's really fascinating because 
you only ever see doubt in his eyes mm. once, and it's right at the end when the yeah. when the boats don't oh, explode. Oh, when it doesn't it's, blow up. It's the one time that he because he gets like, proven wrong. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a great little. There's so many great little moments. Yeah. Like you know that noise he makes when he's giving the gun to Harvey and he yeah. uh, he's holds up the coin and he says, you live, you die. And he's, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he he's really, that. yeah, this is good. This That's is... so funny that he's found another freak and he's a little bit turned on by he's yes. Yes, the freaks. there's another freak, finally. Yeah. I think <laughs> that um, the there's this line in the movie where I'm like, it, it unlocked the character for me, unlocked the characterization that Ledger has for this, where he's like, I'm like a dog chasing a car. I don't know mm. what to do with it. And then from then, you know, I was watching the movie once again today and I'm like, I think that is like later just tapped into this very primal thing. It's like that very first thing in like acting class they teach you is like think of an animal and embody mm. that animal. Mm. And then watching this, I'm like, oh, he absolutely read that line and his whole character is based... Comes from that. From that, because he's got like that kind of like that skittish quality mm. of a dog that's excited the whole mm. time. And I think it's such a brilliant primal way to just make this unhinged character just be totally based on like a nice animal. Like yeah. it's not, it's based on a nice creature, not like a ferocious creature yeah. or something scary or intimidating. It's based on the chaos that a puppy can bring yeah. to the world. Like, yeah. you know, when you've got a little puppy, it's like exciting, it's beautiful. It's, it's shitting cute, everywhere. But it's chewing shitting up everywhere. Stuff. It'll break yeah. stuff. And it's like kind of crazy just to come yeah. into a house and a dog comes chasing after you. And I think that's like the line that helped him unlock the character. You know what I think's a lot of fun with his performance in this is he doesn't play, uh, he doesn't overplay crazy. Mm. Yeah. My problem with a lot of villains in things is that the actor is having so much fun getting to be a bad guy yeah. that they're, all their telecasting in their eyes and their smile is, look how insane I am. Like, yeah. Lado is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Not in a bad way, necessarily. I quite I actually think he does quite a good job, Jared Leto, mm. um, of doing exactly that, yeah. of just being, I'm pure evil. Yeah. But I think what Heath does is it's all internal. Yeah. Even his eyes don't telecast crazy at all. His yeah. eyes often look sad. Yeah. He often looks sad and empathetic and he's like sick engaging with people. Yeah. He's looking at them. He's not just projecting crazy. I, I think it's worthy of uh, all the praise this performance has gotten because it's a different version of a villain that I've ever seen. Possibly. Oh yeah. There's a, it's, it's interesting the dog idea that you were just saying alexi there's there's that moment when he uh you know comes face to face with rachel at the ball and he uh he sniffs her oh and that's it's right such a yeah. small moment mm. and it's like i've never really thought of the the uh, the dog idea before but uh yeah when he sniffs her it's like oh my god it i've is always so associated the licking with reptiles as well but maybe yeah. that's a little little puppy lapping puppy it up. touch, kind yeah. of lick, licking his own scars and stuff. I think that, I mean, I've, I've, as well, like, this was the movie when it came out that I was, like, obsessed with it. Like, yeah. mm. or just, it helped me become obsessed with contemporary pop culture yeah. in as a whole. Like, I, this was the movie I was on IMDb every day reading it. I was reading the trades, you know, going, <laughs> reading the <laughs> magazines of, like, finding out what's going on. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's everything you hear that, like, oh, he that was Ledger's decision because the makeup, like, felt weird around his mouth. So he just would inadvertently do that. Kept touching and then it became, it like, tongue. this character quirk. <laughs> yeah. One of the other things I remember reading was that... Um, and I think this is what makes a character terrifying is the he makes these like snuff films 
where mm. it's like him filming that he's he's grabbed one of the the other fugitive Batman, like the people oh, that yeah. are like dressing up as Batman yeah. to go around and try and stop crimes that have been inspired by him, the copycats. And he uh, he's got like this film of him tormenting him and torturing him, yeah. and then he makes the one of is it not his it's Anthony Michael Anthony Hall. Ma- I was gonna say oh, C yeah. Thomas Howe, but I can never remember. Yeah. <laughs> I always <laughs> no. get those confused. But Anthony SNL Michael Hall. star Anthony Michael. Hall. Yeah, exactly. One of the mm. funniest, <laughs> one of the funniest guys born on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, anyone from SNL deserves that title. Yeah, and for then sure. so he um, they were like when he's filming them, and Heath Ledger directed those videos. Yeah, like that's mm. him. That like he. That's him filming. That's him directing them, and I th- and like in character as the joke. And I think that's what makes that character terrifying. Because I find, to me, snuff is the thing that scares me most in the world. It makes me feel sick. Mm. And I think that him like tapping into that perverse nature and it's like this shitty cinematography. Because the joke is not a good cinematographer. There's no way. Oh yeah. Oh man, I don't know. He's following Dogman ninety five <laughs> rules. I kind of. Yeah. I think you got to give him a little bit of credit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the he never um he never overdoes the the scary things so mm. when they happen they they are scary yeah. and it's the moment that his voice drops and he tells the the guy to look at me yeah and it, you mm. know everything else is kind of a little bit playful yeah and then he drops his voice and it's like oh do you know that what is I, terrifying I, like I haven't really put this much thought into his performance since I first saw it but the more we're talking about it the mm. more I'm thinking. You're right. The, the reason it's scary is because for most of the time, he kind of looks bored. Yeah. yeah. And he's like kind of being playful and kind of entertaining himself. And then every now and then his emotions overwhelm him. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you see the true psychopath. Yeah. It's awesome to use it so sparingly. What yeah. a great decision to yeah. go. Every now and then you'll see it rather than for two hours. Oh, yeah. Because then you, you'd get so bored with it. Yeah. But there's all those... You know, the moment when he has the, the cop by the throat and he's, uh, you know, gotten out of the jail cell and when they say, what do you want? And he just very matter-of-fact says, I just want my phone call. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. it just kind of drops really quite normal. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, it's when, you know, when he's talking to Harvey, yeah. they say, look, I was in a jail cell. It could yeah. have been me. Mm. And what happened to you? You know, it all just sounds, if you were just listening, it just sounds very normal. Yeah. So then when you have those moments, they really... They really pop. He's even too bored to fucking laugh properly half yeah. the yeah. time. Even <laughs> the first time you see him, yeah. it's like he's making fun of the Joker. Yeah. Ha ha. Ho ho ho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's bored. Oh, yeah. And that's the one of the scenes where, one of the rare scenes where you see him <laughs> actually get angry. Oh, like yeah, just for a true. moment yeah. when the guy says crazy and he just kind of looks and mm. says, I'm not. It's almost like crazy. in that moment yeah. he's going like, fuck, I should have just become a normal guy. Like, I should have done the face makeup. <laughs> these guys aren't taking me seriously. going to amp yeah. it up more. Yeah. Thank God I have all these bombs uh, attached <laughs> to me. But, you know, like uh, nobody ever talks about it, but uh, just even the way he handles himself in the semi-trailer when he's mm. got the guns and the way he's like, he's even a bit bored there. Yeah. As well as he's trying all the different yeah. guns and just getting new, you know, getting new uh, weapons handed to him just to see what will work. <laughs> and then even when the uh, when the guy gets killed in the assembly, just kind of put a, you know, he's quite funny. Huh, my time to drive. You yeah. know, he pushes him out. And then once that, once that uh, truck flips, but then the way he comes out and he's kind of all, uh, yeah. you know, cracking his body into place, etc. That to me... Him getting out of the van with the gun, that's physically scarier than anything that yeah. I saw in the two movies oh, of It. Oh, big time. Yeah. You know, where it's all CGI. Like, yeah. you know, if you'd had 
like it would have been scarier. Uh, and this was not my suggestion. This was a friend of ours, Ben Elwood, mm. suggested this to me. Um, imagine if you got a contortionist. Mm, and you yeah. go, oh, suddenly, mm. and that's what Heath Ledger, you know, the way yeah. he's moving yeah. his body and even just the way he's standing, shape. hunched, he's like got shit posture. Yeah, yeah. And he's holding that gun, not even pointing it at the like at Batman or whatever. Yeah. Just standing there holding it while you know they're playing chicken in the middle of the road. Yeah, that is a that's scary. His body language is scary. Yeah, the guy's a genius. Like, yeah. I've, we've all seen Ten Things I Hate About You, presumably. For sure. Yeah. The guy can dance, he can do it. He's, he a, do he's a really physical performer. Yeah. 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 Well, he that's, doesn't really get talked about. Well, well, that was one of the things that was really underestimated, I think, in his performance uh, in Brokeback Mountain. Mm. And that physicality is there. Mm. Uh, and uh, I remember seeing an interview with him where he said he had a, uh, I think he had an uncle who was gay. And, uh, and, he, and he, he was really tense and kept it all. Mm. And he yeah. barely opened his mouth when he used to talk. Mm. And that's the that's what he brings to that performance yeah. and that's really physical he's just but it's just so minimal yeah uh, yes you I know think what, he's might... really good at starting from the inside and then yeah. making it physical well that's yeah. the thing that i think uh for our generation yeah heath ledger was our method guy i guess yeah. you know yeah. like so hearing all those stories about how he created the character based off the laugh and the walk yeah and the voice which uh, he ripped from who did he rip it from? Tom Waits. Yeah. Um, you know, hearing those things. Oh, when I didn't I was, know that about yeah, Tom Waits. You yeah. should watch some watch some Tom Waits clips mm. yeah, and tell yeah, me you're not yeah. watching the Joker. Yeah, no, <laughs> gotta like, watch. I've never, yeah. never heard it before, but I, <laughs> yeah. I like Tom Waits. Yeah, yeah. I was just me as too. soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, there's that. Right. Uh, this is why you got to watch the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. <laughs> yeah, you get to see them side by side, <laughs> fucking around. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that they were in that together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Waits plays the devil himself. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. There's a Tom Waits song, spoken word song called Frank. Wild Years and um, it sounds like Keith Ledger doing a monologue yeah it? right and it's about a guy burning his house down for right. like insurance money right um, sounds identical anyway he's uh, hearing that when I was younger you know hearing that I was I was blown away I was kind of like wait a minute what do you mean that's what actors do they yeah. work yeah. on the way a character walks yeah and I thought they sounds. just trottle around what do you have they to just show up on for? set and the director goes can you do it more like this more like that I'd never even really come across yeah. the idea of method acting and then, since read about, you know, other great classics You've of read the genre. I've read Stan the Man, uh, as my drama teacher used <laughs> to call Stanislavski. him. Vlad Stanislavski. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think this is really interesting. You brought this up, Ham, about the Joker's origins always being like kind of this gangster world. You see that in Batman, the Tim Burton film. Definitely, yeah. he's a gangster. And I think in this one, it's really interesting how he kind of... It's like, it's weird. It's like this modern take on what a gangster could kind of be because he kind mm. of inadvertently starts this gang around him. Yeah. But he's also trying to like upend not just the crime fighters in Gotham, like yeah. the Gotham PD or Batman. He's also trying to upend crime itself as well by going through the Falcone mm. crime family and destroying yeah. them from the inside through all the other crime families and destroying them on the inside. I think that's like, this is like a weird, fascinating take to just go like, Oh yeah, he's still in this gangster world, but it's something completely different. And I think uh, I think the uh, Joker is always at his best, uh, you know, as a as a character when, you know, he's he, he's kind of working with Batman in this. <laughs> you know, mm, he's yeah. working against him, and mm. he's, he's got his own plans. But you know, he helps take down crime. Like he murders lots of people and sets them yeah, on fire yeah, and yeah. gets them cut up and fed to their dogs. But you know, same uh, result, yeah, right? Sure. It's kind of working out. 
And uh, that's uh, I, I like it when you know he's a variable. Like it, you know, the the, the death of Heath Ledger and all mm. the tragedy that surrounds that is is beyond talking about. You know, like I, I hate talking about this kind of stuff because it's a bit like he had family and yeah. mm. friends, etc. Mm. But from a fan point of view, you know, like man, the the, the roles we've missed yeah. seeing him oh, do, yeah, and I. I one of my one of my things about uh, the Dark Knight Rises that I think doesn't get um, uh, much uh, attention at all is that I think his complete absence from that movie and Nolan did mm. that because he didn't want to because he's being respectful yeah. to the, uh, to the memory of Ledger his complete absence from that film is it's permeated throughout the movie and I think it's permeated through Bruce's yeah. feelings for Rachel. Mm. And uh, I've always seen that as Nolan's, you know, that that kind of emptiness. That, That's true. Uh, he By not being there. spoken about, he's actually the subtext of the film in a way. In, in a mm. way, yeah. And the I, it, it's disappointing because you can't help but think... Like, I love The Dark Knight Rises. I think it gets a bad rap. Uh, you know, I think people forgot... You know, when they'd say, "Oh, Bane's got a funny voice," it's like the Joker has a funny voice. Yeah, true. Like, like Bane is funny. Yeah, yeah. like you know, like the he's Joker meant to be funny. <laughs> like, yeah, like Bane when he's like, "Oh, what a lovely, lovely voice." You know, he's yeah. he is funny, and uh, I, but I would love to have seen you know once again would if if you have that storyline. Yeah, but the Joker's around. Do you have this weird team up? Like, mm. is that where that story goes? Where could that was the, the plan? Joker? Was there ever a plan to do more with the character? So, from what I can tell from the bits and pieces I've read, and every time he made a movie, it was like, we're putting everything into this movie because we don't know if we're going to make another mm. one. Yeah. And mm. that's why you get Harvey Dent in this film rather than the next film, okay. I reckon. you They had the idea of Harvey Dent. Why just set him up and then yep. for a third film, let's deal mm. with it here. But I think they had loose ideas of where they would take it for a third film. I think what I remember reading was that when the when Bane and his crew release uh, the prisoners from Arkham, yeah. there was going to be a shot of the Joker just staying in his cell and not wanting right. to leave or like something like that. Mm. Like maybe there was an open door to his cell, but he just sat in there and didn't leave. Right. Or something like that. I, I remember reading that and I think that was even to the point where they're like, oh, could we do this without him and not show the face? Or oh. that was rumours at least. Right. I don't know if that... I I don't know enough Jesus, to just imagine go, if that's they did true. that. It would be so distracting. Yeah, it would yeah. be. And I think there's... Uh, I think Nolan's got uh, a level of integrity that yeah. it was just yeah. probably never on the cards. But, you know, if he'd been around, it like... It, would have been like, does Maybe he, he have could the have scarecrow appeared in role? The, way the scarecrow, yeah, yeah you know, appears. in charge of the anyway, yeah, the it, kangaroo court. <laughs> Do you Which I'm a, glad it's the scarecrow. I think yeah. it's kind of funny that the that character is in all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> scarecrow, and he's great. Yeah, he's especially because if he just stayed in a legitimate like therapist, he would have had like probably a normal, nice life. Oh, yeah, fine. but he was corrupted. And now he'd be like, he's literally yeah. doing street crime. He's this and fucking stuff. Yeah. fringe level <laughs> character. Yeah, and then he sort of has that nice little moment as the judge. Yeah, that's just. So silly and it's fun. Very, yeah. It's such a yeah. fun time. Especially he's like such a respectable looking man like yeah. Killian Murphy. He's just like yeah. very, very beautiful looking person. He's yeah. just like this crap dude now. No, Nolan really likes taking some very handsome actors and putting them through the yeah. ringer, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've always wondered if um, Ledger would have uh, had DiCaprio's role in Inception. Oh, you know, yeah, mm. that's interesting. That's interesting or, to think about. Or uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, I wonder one mm. of those. Yeah. One you know of what, those. I'm... Um, 
after I, we spoke the other day and you were singing the praises of Dark Knight Rises and I was kind of like shitting on it a little bit. I rewatched it. think it's great. I forgot Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays yeah. Robin and, and isn't literally that, at the end. Isn't that yeah. interesting that there was a period yeah. in history where Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like an action star? Oh, yeah. And he's not doing them anymore. Yeah. He was in those two Nolan movies. He was yeah. in Looper. Yeah. And that's around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Why isn't the guy doing action? Get he's in, really good. He's really good. And you know, get what you what you inadvertently get is you get the next Batman. Like, that's a, that's the mm. next Batman origin movie. Yeah. yeah you know, know, like you even see... I think it's cool. I you like even it. see the moment where this version of Batman discards a gun. Yeah. You know, like, mm. if you go back and you watch... if. You, I've done the three yeah. in a row because uh, uh, I'm single and have a lot of spare time. <laughs> and uh, but the I, I think the third film gets a bad rap because people forget Batman Begins and it brings the trilogy yeah. to a complete close mm. in such a great way. But I also think there is uh, this is this version of Batman is let all the record show that Hammer just closed his it's book. Closed his book <laughs> and he closed, closed his notepad yeah, for this. Changed, changed his I've body language. I've, I've, I've got some thoughts. Um, <laughs> of all the versions of Batman throughout the uh, comics, books, uh, movies, TV sh- uh, show, etc., my favourite is this one mm. because this is this is genuinely the only version of Bruce Wayne that I probably like. Mm. Like invariably, he's mm. he's a bit of a curmudgeon, or he's got no sense of humour. In this, he's really funny. He's vulnerable. Mm. I think that's. I think there's. I think there's a hyper masculine issue yeah. with people watching it who get really upset at the idea. What do you mean he wants to quit? Yeah. But the, the, the moment that he comes out of the pit uh, in the third film is. That's the end of the journey of when we saw him from a little boy falling into falling the pit. Into yeah. he, like he's a complete person. Yeah. So he yeah. doesn't. He only. He's only going back to save his city, but he doesn't need to be that. Yeah. Person anymore. Oh, I got some thoughts on why people are angry about that. I think yeah. there's a lot of men in particular out yeah. there that like the idea of a tortured uh, guy out there who. Mm chooses or is forced to choose yeah. a life of solitude yeah. rather than being with someone. Oh yeah. Right. And I think there's a lot of anger when they get to see him yeah. sitting opposite Anne Hathaway yeah. at a fucking cafe at the end. People yeah. be like, well that's not my life. Yeah. yeah. And it's I'm, like yeah I'm a come on. Oh, You're supposed to be like me. What do, what do you mean? What do you mean after the dark night he quit? What do you yeah. mean he quit mm. and just got sad? Wouldn't you quit if uh, your back got broken? Batman's yeah. a pussy. I'm pretty sure I would. And I don't even think he I think this what I love about this character and this interpretation of it, mm. I think this is the one where it's most defined who Bruce Wayne is. Not yeah. just who Batman is, mm. not what the difference between the two is. So this is Bruce. This is a. He's a great Bruce Wayne. I think mm. Christian Bale. But he's, he like once again Bale doesn't get quite the respect. Everyone yeah. makes fun of the voice, and I, to me, like if you were in the street and then suddenly someone came dressed as a bat with that voice, yeah. you would fucking be yeah. hoping you were wearing the brown and underwear. Like, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, you have brown underwear. Yeah, <laughs> just for these times when uh, you know things could happen. Too many coffees. But the. Um, <laughs> He he plays three three characters. Yeah. He plays the real Bruce. He plays Louche Playboy Bruce. Bruce. Yes. Oh, yeah. Playboy Bruce. So I love Playboy. I think Bruce. it's so. That's a great choice to make him have to put on that character. That's so oh, funny. Yes, but he's like, it's, I have to be a dipshit. Oh, like <laughs> there's that scene in the yeah. Dark Knight where you know he's just done the come in on the helicopter with mm. the three girls. One of my notes is uh, in here yeah. is: th- d- Does Bruce have sex with any of these girls? 
I don't think he does. I think does he show in him a character? good time? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. if he's going to have sex with him, he, yeah. can, he can't. He, if he was. If he was real Bruce, he'd probably be quite nice and really. Yeah. Mm. But he's playing loose Bruce, and that might freak him out. So then he has to be. Rah. Yeah. And, and then does he let a little bit of uh, swear to me? Come out? <laughs> <laughs> Shit gets weird. But yeah. you know, on after he's done that moment, uh, after he's come down with the girls and done the whole Harvey Dent thing, when Rachel goes out to talk to him, he's just on the side of the building with a champagne, just flicking it on the ground, yeah. like mm. he doesn't even want to drink. Yeah. it Kind of thing. But he's he, like. When you said I don't want this movie to end, my question to you is: I would never, wa- I would, I don't want them to remake The Dark Knight yep. in any way. But how into it would you have been if the Nolan Batman somehow was a six-part HBO series? Yeah, mm, six seasons. Yeah, six seasons. You know, like because then you get heaps of fun with Lucian. Yeah, just get some Bruce. good Gotham and Gotham oh, PD true. type stuff. You know, you then you then get to do. Uh, like make it a little bit like the wire. Yeah. Delve into mm-hmm. like I'm I'm a bit fascinated by uh you know when the Joker snaps the pool cue and makes those three guys yeah. Oh yeah, out. true. Wh- which one do you reckon wins? There's so much stuff there. Like we I was just saying <laughs> yeah. to Alexi uh the moment, We just saw that scene like yeah, before you came the over. The moment when uh when Gordon yeah. comes back to his wife's door after faking mm. his yeah. death and she slaps him and then they embrace. I was like, that's a whole movie. That's yeah. a right. A whole movie of a guy a cop being forced to fake his own death, yeah. Not tricking even just, his family. <laughs> yeah. And in this movie it's dealt with in three seconds. It's like right. honestly, it's like three whole movies. The other whole movie is like the wife's perspective. It's like my husband's dead after yeah. raised by his son of this shitty town. Yeah. Now. This and then it's like town. that would have been three episodes of his show. Yeah, absolutely. And by the end of the third episode, he comes home or whatever. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, I'd like to have seen for a whole more, season. I'd like to have seen more <laughs> stuff with Harvey Dent dealing with cops who don't trust mm. him because they consider him. Oh you know, God, can we uh, maybe we talk about Harvey Dent for a bit? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. being a little bit familiar with Aaron Eckhart at this point. Yeah, mm. uh, I think only really through Thank You for Smoking. That's the only one I knew him from as well. But the, he was a he's a theater guy. Yeah. Uh, what's that fucking the, that playwright that everyone shits He's on? He's a guy that does the Wicker Man. Oh, um, yeah. ne- Neil, Neil Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> no, Neil 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 Labute. Neil Labute. He's a Neil yeah. Labute guy, which is like hyper masculine, uh, yeah. sort of like I guess satire of masculinity, yeah. Yeah. right? This playwright. But having said that, I also think Neil Labute's work. Often sucks. His movie sucks. He did The Wicker Man. Mm. He also did the American remake of Death at a Funeral. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, who yeah. is this fucking guy? This Why guy does he have respect? Like I've never guy, seen any of his plays. And then has made these <laughs> shit things. I've read some of his plays, and I also yeah. think they're a bit too much as yeah, well. But right. he's one of Eckhart's one of his guys. Yeah, right. Um, and Thank You for Smoking is fucking great. Yeah, and he's yeah. so good in that. Really good. Yeah. So uh, one of my notes from because I the book I, is back my, open. It's back open. <laughs> By the way, I started writing notes because I thought, uh, you know, this movie's been talked yeah. about so much and trying to find bring? new things that we could talk about. But one of my notes was, man, Eckhart never he he's pitch perfect. And do you think he knew? Do do you think anyone knew you die a hero live long enough to become the villain? Do you, do you reckon they knew how iconic it was? Because yeah. if he did, he does not overreg that line. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. as you've seen lesser mm. actors or mm. even good actors, they get to their oh, they I get know to the line big, they know will be in the and trailer. Then they really <laughs> deliver it, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he just throws it away. Yes. And yeah. that whole scene, that that whole you know, he's he's an alpha male, but he's a little bit intimidated by Bruce Wayne, mm. who's acting yeah. like an alpha male. 
but Bruce isn't really, you know, yeah. like the way Bruce comes in, uh, you know, he's always kind of questioning Harvey's masculinity. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But it's an act. Yeah, but he makes fun of his Playboy campaign Bruce slogan yeah. and shit. Right, and I think that Aaron Eckhart—it's such a fucking movie star performance in this film. It is right. He gets to do everything you could want exactly. to do. As he an punches actor. people. He cries. He—he literally <laughs> is a courtroom drama scene in this movie yep. with him. Like that's the most movie star shit. It's looked beautiful with like feathered hair. Like yeah. he's got oh, Robert yeah. Redford feathery yeah. hair. Yeah. He looks like fucking Harrison Ford. Yeah, and he's putting a gangster on the stand. You, you couldn't get to do more as an yeah. actor. Yeah, you get to do every genre. Of movie in it, and then you get to be you go from being the hero yeah. to the villain yeah. in a yeah. film. It's a performance that you watch this movie and you go, All right, well, he's going to be the guy winning Oscars yeah. for the next 10 years. And weirdly, he's not. He's I he Frankenstein. Oh, well, he did I Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, I Battle think... Los Angeles was another one, the one after this where people were going, like, Oh, this is going to be a big movie. And it did jack shit. But oh it's also God. like they, they, they put him in these action roles. Yeah. And, uh, but they. Because he they looks like an action star. He looks like an action star, yeah. but he, I think he's a better actor mm. than just an action star. But the roles were just kind of a bit nothing. Like, yeah. you know, the 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 scene with, uh, you know, when he's at the fundraiser and he's talking to Alfred. And, yeah. you know, he's so kind of, like, you really believe he's vulnerable in this moment of not wanting to be around. And that, that line that really predicts where things are going when he says, you've known... Uh, it says to Alfred, you've known Rachel all your life. And he says, not yet. And you go, yeah. oh, man. You know, yeah. all of that yeah. is so... Oh, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. So when 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 he turns into Two-Face, and especially that final scene where it's the three of them yeah. standing there, man, that is... Once again, one of the things that's underrated with the Dark Knight trilogy yeah. that I don't hear people talk about enough is it's opera. The yeah. whole thing mm. is operatic. And that's where uh, you get the... Godfather feel yeah. from it. It's big. It's big emotions. Mm, that's true. There's and even a Phantom of the Opera. He's got half a oh, face. Oh, he's got half a face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine Phantom of the Opera with Two-Face. <laughs> well, also, that's what changes this whole thing. You know, back in the old days, Batman goes to watch a Zorro flick with his parents right. and mm. they get popped off. But, but this, this it's, time, it's they go to the opera. Yeah, yeah, they go see mm. little bats flapping around in yeah. an opera thing. And that that that's a nice little change yeah and it also uh, that to me is that's where i got the idea oh this is yeah this is big, operatic you know yeah and gotham is a character mm. exactly it, you know and it's, it's in the way like you say the godfather it's like yeah godfather was about america this yeah. movie is about america as well oh, you it, know? it's it's completely uh it's completely about america in uh, in a post-september 11 yeah. world in blockbuster form and the you know the first one is about terrorism. Second yeah. one's about surveillance. Yeah. And the third one is and I, once again I think this is one of the reasons why the third one gets short shrift because it talked about stuff that wasn't popular to talk yeah. about at the time, mm. which was what happens when you think you've won, mm. yeah. but you haven't. Mm. And that is very much you know <coughs> America going into the Middle East oh, and thinking yeah. they've sorted yeah. everything out. And there is that is not a sexy thing to talk about at the time so you've got you've got a a topic that's not really a popular topic that yeah. people don't really want to think about with uh, a main character who isn't hyper masculine mm. is actually vulnerable actually does want to do his job but yeah. then also live a better life and i and then you know i think people give that movie short shrift because of it i I want to just say one final thing about Aaron Eckhart uh, in this 
movie, which is, I think you, you're right, Hamo. He's like, he's note perfect. There's mm. no, nothing wrong with his performance. I can't fault mm. it in any way. But the one thing on this rewatch that stuck out with me is that I don't 100% buy his emotional change post, uh, like, mm. scarring, post injury. He goes from being a guy who is incredibly loving and supportive and moral to pure evil almost I reckon with one explosion. Uh, and I don't, I don't hundred percent track it. I reckon there are signs. Uh, there is, uh, when Gordon gets shot and then he, uh, takes the, uh, the guy off and true. T- yeah. The coin, yeah. Those little moments. And then he yelled the way he yells it at, Batman, you know, mm. like there are little mm. hints of him being slightly more on edge mm. than, uh, than well, he's willing to go for. further. I, I just think it, but from also, watching his performance in, or in the lead up to it, I thought rather than waking up and becoming homicidal, yeah. he would wake up and become suicidal. He's like, but he's al- a broken man. Now. But also, like, remember, he's, you're also not taking into account possibly Batman turning up and him hearing Rachel on the other end of the thing yeah. and knowing that she's going to die when he yep. saved yeah. saved him mm. instead of her. And uh, also, I don't think we can underestimate getting half your face blown off. That's true. That would be bad. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put it out there. Yeah, I think that would actually be really bad. Actually, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have fucking fucked some shit up if that happened to me. But also, maybe he was going to be suicidal until the Joker goes in and yeah. visits him. You know, mm. there's that scene. And like, gives him a purpose. Yeah, mm. you know, because his eyes, you know, he, he's not taking any God, medication. He he's not. Uh, he's got that one eye open, but he's quite clearly drugged. There's that great yeah. moment where... You know, he's quite clearly groggy, and then yeah. the Joker takes the mask off, and he's just like, "What?" Ah, that's what? that's my favorite scene in yeah. the whole movie because it's like the Joker comes in dressed up as like a candy cane nurse, yeah. like not oh, yeah. not like a modern nurse. Didn't just he didn't get scrubs on yeah. from like walking around he the hospital. Bought the costume, he bought yeah, like, like a sex shop <laughs> or something. Yeah, this high end sexy nurse costume. Yeah, and then Harvey Dent turns to the Joker and like sees like we've got the mask on. And then, like, he's got these big, uh, like, the, still got the big <laughs> makeup yeah. on. And then Harvey doesn't clock him until he takes the mask <laughs> off. And I think that is so funny to me. It's so yeah. funny. And then the Joker's like, you want a sponge bath? It's the most, <laughs> like, yeah, that's your favourite line. <laughs> that's my favourite line that I would rewrite into the movie. It's like, you got to bring more sponge bath humour into it. <laughs> yeah. This is the one time you can bring a sponge bath joke into it. He is, um, <laughs> that's the most Cesar Romero moment in yeah. the movie. Yeah. He's, he dresses up as a... Woman to yeah. do one scene. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. got this great so shit wig on. Yeah. It's like yeah. this asymmetrical wig. Even oh, the way so he walks funny. out, you know, that's such a classic moment yeah. when he oh, walks out in the way. Love he's it. Is that of... waddling or yeah. something? Yeah. Like such an interesting choice. He yeah. walks like he's wearing clown shoes, but he's not wearing clown shoes. Oh, yeah, like it's that real thing. pigeon outward step walk. <laughs> yeah, but I just I love that scene. I think that this taps into what I think um, what this film does and what this series does. Like, I rewatched Batman Begins last week as well. Yeah. And watching that again, because I'm so much more familiar with this one, because I think I've seen this one a hundred times or something. And just seeing that film again, just seeing how Nolan 
originally started grappling with the really pulpy elements of Batman, yeah. not just the like the the leaps we have to take a leap of like maybe this is supernatural it's or not maybe just realism. it's not mm. just realism. Like even the monorail that goes through the entire city is kind of like beyond logical, beyond mm. realism. And I think that coming to this film he replaces the logic with more realism. And I think that when you have to close the story off, you have to go back to the pulpier elements of superhero stuff. And I think that's kind of where the tone shifts. But it's not, it's just like, I think this movie has difficulty grappling with the superhero elements. Like, you know, Harvey Dent has to become Two-Face. He has to do this because mm. that's what the stories dictate and that's what this character is and how and it's just trying to reinterpret it where it's just a slightly bigger leap than almost the other stuff in the movie. Yeah. Even though there's a guy dressed as a clown running around. Mm. Well, yeah, it's true. also... I don't think... Uh, I would say the movie isn't realistic but there is an in-house logic. Yes. That's what I like, you know, because a realistic movie is he sees his parents murdered and yeah. then uh, we watch an hour and a half of therapy <laughs> yeah, uh, you watch a guy get into nirvana <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's kind of it really get tool yeah, yeah, yeah really there's really. a guy just like be a bit sad for but, the rest of his life there's <laughs> a, a sadness locked on him yeah he's sitting with his therapist look i uh, i hate to bring it up and she says uh yeah, your parents yeah my yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah yeah but um i remember sitting in the cinema watching Batman Begins and it was I'd never it was so Batman Year One by Frank Miller which was such a favourite comic of mine as a kid and watching it it really is that first Superman movie you know the Christopher Reeve one in Mm. so many ways and I remember halfway through the film when he becomes Batman I remember turning around to our friend uh, Adam Richard and I, mm. and I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't become shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was having yeah. so much fun yeah. with all of that, the the colours, the uh, the music. Uh, already, you know, you were invested in this this guy he, who makes mistakes yep. as well. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, by the time you get to this film, uh, also, the middle film is always going to be the most fun because it's... Yeah, it's where the, the shit goes no down. Exposition. You, you, you're not... You're not telling people that their idea of how it's going to end is incorrect. Yeah. That's what all endings are. Yeah. Hence why most people are disappointed with yeah. endings, even good ones. Mm. Because you've had all that time to imagine it. Yeah. And then if it's nowhere, if if it's too much like you imagined, you well, go, why oh, did I, I pay for this? Coming. Yeah, yeah. And if it's too far away from that, you go... Ah, well, that's nothing that's like true. mine. That's true. There's such a narrow window. You can never really... It's really hard. I I was really happy with the ending of Dark Knight Rises. Not that we're yeah. talking about that movie, yeah. but I I was satisfied with it. I know a yeah. lot of people weren't, but well, you know, it's yeah. like um, also, you know, I, 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 there's all these little I I don't I haven't read this, but mm. my interpretation of there is lots of shout outs to different uh, you know aspects of Batman in cinema and comics, etc. Yeah. Like the mask that the Joker wears is the like one that Cesar Romero wore in the TV series, yeah. you know, mm. that kind of thing. And to me, uh, like I love the ending to The Dark Knight Rises. You know, mm. I, I got to the end and I was like, man, I've been on a journey with this character and you know what? I'm wrapped that he's still alive. Like mm. I'm, I'm wrapped that it turned out. Mm. I don't want him to die in in that yeah. way. But I also think the, the bomb is from... that's That's the Batman... 
<laughs> Adam West movie. That's with 66. The yeah. 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 Running around. Trying like, yeah. to find a way so to get I, rid of it. So I, you know, well, what's, so I enjoy it from that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> because The Dark Knight Rises also has yeah. like my favourite my favorite scene in any Batman film before the Nolan films was the moment in Batman Returns where mm. Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer oh, yeah, the are dance. dancing. Yeah. And they that is both my favorite, my favorite line. Um, <sighs> Mistletoe's deadly if you eat it, but a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. And then Ooh. and then that Ooh. moment where they Cam both realise who the other one is. That was your wedding vow. That was our wedding vow. <laughs> that was your and wedding vow. And then the, <laughs> the celebrant said, now you two may dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Amazing. Uh, no, that is, that's a beautiful scene. And it rises gets its own version and of it. I love, mm. I love that scene. I love the it's Provane for a Dead Princess is the music that plays mm. uh, underneath. Yeah. And uh, I love the acting between, uh, like, you know, I think I think Anne Hathaway gets short mm. shrift in that film. I think she's really, mm. really great. And that scene is, is something special, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting <laughs> way <laughs> off from the Joker yeah. here. Um, I think that maybe... T- Talk about a bit more about the cast of this film because I think it's the way to jump around a little yeah. bit. Mm. I think this is, especially talking about this as a reboot from what we understand Batman from being from Tim Burton. One of the, the two big keys are two cast members in this film that just absolutely are a huge new take on the characters. I'm talking about uh, Commissioner Gordon. I'm talking about yeah. Alfred. Yeah, because Alfred Michael Goff in the 1989 Batman movie <laughs> and like the the Schumacher mm. Burden films is just such a. He's a very nice actor. He's Michael Jeeves. Goff. He's yeah. just Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas, man, what's going on with Michael Caine? Yeah, Alfred, mate, he is like he's been out in the jungles. Yeah, he's been burning forests down. Yeah, like, like. When when Bruce comes to him and tells him his idea, there's almost a part of him that's like, ah, oh, this is great because I have been looking after this house and I yeah. have all these skills <laughs> that have been going to waste. And it's like, Bruce says, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, we better set up these companies. Uh, we better yeah. have all that. Like, he is ready He's to go. He's making so many calls. Like, yeah, he's got to do decision. like, where's like, can you, I need you to get me a plane so I can go to freaking Hong Kong and bring <laughs> this guy back to America. He's like, You'll have it right away, Master Wayne. It's yeah. like, oh my god, what is the phone call? Like, he must just be friends with everyone because oh, yeah. he's like the most lovable guy in the world. Also, he 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 loves doing all that shit so much. He's furious when he has to keep putting suntan lotion on hot ballerinas yeah. on a boat. Like, <laughs> if you tell me what Russian is for, put your own damn sunscreen on, yeah. Master Wayne. I'll have a lovely time on this ship. Like, he's wondering, like, well, why don't I come with you and we'll both leap off the oh. side of the building? Like, Alfred's <laughs> yes. ready to go. It's it to me. It's crazy that like. You know, Alfred's kind of like been this nothing character for most people. Like, if you mm. read comics and stuff, yeah. Alfred, you know, he is the paternal figure yeah. for Bruce Wayne. But I don't think we've seen that in film at all to this point. Even in the animated series, I don't think it would be as much that character. But then to go, okay, we're going for Michael Goff. Who do we get to bring this character into the 21st century oh what about the guy that literally wrote the book on screen acting mm. and get one of the great screen acting oh, yeah. presences of mm, all time yeah. to come bring like this softness to the character this soulfulness and just like the an absolute sweetness like this tenderness to this character that i'm like this it makes so much sense i was just like i remember seeing the first movie when i was like a teenager and it's going like holy fuck, how did they think of doing that? Mm, like, yeah. how do they think of just, like, making this a character? Well, isn't it? Yeah. All, it's insane to think that these 
periphery, not yeah. periphery, but these side characters, sporting characters are all movie stars. People that we would consider to be icons of cinema. Oh, Michael yeah. Caine, Morgan Freeman, yeah. and Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah. Are just on the sidelines of this movie. So every time it cuts to their story, mm. you're never yeah. like, oh, fuck, I have to watch Alfred. You're like, oh, fuck. Yes, oh, yeah, like it was Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I forgot he was in this. Yeah, oh my god! And it's like I think we've all we. I think I don't know if we'll put this on the record yet, but we were talking about it before. I think Gary Oldman in this movie uh, as Commissioner Gordon is the best performance in the film. He's so good. Oh, he's so good. Like that moment where. Uh, Two-Face makes him beg to save his children's mm. life. <laughs> oh I, it, the first time I saw that, I wept because I was like, I've believed this. This is yeah. a fucking yeah. real moment. And there's a guy with half a CGI head <laughs> making him do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this movie by getting the best actors yeah. just like made like it, like that's what brings the real into it. Because I think yeah. Nolan brings the logic to it all. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know... Cam, you were saying you were watching this time obsessed with this account. I was obsessed oh, with yeah. the account. And I just kept thinking like Christopher <laughs> Nolan spent months and months and years possibly trying to justify the money in the Wayne Enterprises right. and where it all goes and how no one is noticing that yeah. money's being funneled off to make military things. Yeah. And so much so that there's a whole character whose job in the movie is just to go, I've been researching it and yeah. I've spotted it. And then Lucius gets to go, well, you know what? If you look into it, Batman will fuck you up. And yeah. he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I love that moment yeah. where he's just like, this guy's like, I've made it. I'm going to be yeah. rich. And then yeah. Lucius is just like, well, now you see. Yeah. Man, this is the flaw in your logic. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, God. And his performance at that moment where it's like, it feels like he had a line written for him where he was trying to come back. But then the guy just stammering until it cuts to the next scene is yeah. like, so good. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and, and you forget also... Looking on either side of these movies, you got Rutger Hauer in the first oh, of film, course. and yeah. you got Tom Conti in mm. the oh, in yeah. the third Tom film. Conti. You know, like there are some superb actors mm. all having a really good time. This one, you've got fucking Eric Roberts as well oh, yeah. yes. as uh, yes. Mar- Marconi. Fuck, yeah. there's so many heavy hitters in this movie, and I think there? Eric Roberts as Marconi is so good because he's so handsome yeah. and looks so fucked up because like he's had a He's oh. he's had fun. Like Eric <laughs> Roberts right. is a delight. guy that's had a lot of fun he's in his so life. So much fun. I reckon that line <laughs> when he's in the nightclub and that girl says something to him and he's really rude to her and she doesn't hear what yeah. he says. I reckon that was just Eric Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> no one said we'll keep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's. I think that. I think the the pedigree of actors in this film. It is definitely a cut above the Batman Begins. Like, mm. even just that film, it's a cut above that. Like, Liam Neeson's very good in that film. I think he's perfect for that film. But I think this one's like, nah, it's a cut above. Because it's just like, you. he's bringing in people that... He's casting to type, basically. Apart from maybe Heath Ledger, who I don't think ever really had a type. People mm. just thought he was a leading man because he was hot. Mm. But you look at him, he's done like two leading man performances and one yeah. of them is like a knight's tale and the other one is <laughs> uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. But apart from that, not leading man performances. Mm. I reckon he would have gone in a... I wonder... I, I've never thought of this before, mm. but it's... Um, there's... Uh, not. I'm, I'm not saying stylistically, mm. but there's a, there's a bit of the Brad Pitt's about him. Yeah. You know, you know oh, yeah. rarely do you... Like, weirdly... For the movie star that Brad Pitt is, mm. he's often at his greatest as a foil. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. You know, yeah. 12 Monkeys, stuff like that. I'll go so far as to say, anytime he's leading a movie, I'm always like, nah, I'll probably wait yeah. to see that one. Right. But like, at Astra, I have no interest in seeing. Whereas, if, and if I know you he's... You won't like it. Yeah, if yeah. I know he's <laughs> yeah. playing a supporting character in something, yeah. or the dipshit in a Coen Brothers movie, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. In. I, he, he, he is mesmerized. I rewatched Ocean's Eleven recently, oh, and I love Clooney. Clooney's fantastic. three movies are three... Like they're my Dark Knight trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so good. I think the podcast so that we did on them is like one of my favorite things yeah. that we've yeah. ever done. It's, Love but even like you look at the way that like Nolan casts between these two films, I think that like he is playing to the type because you look at Eric Roberts playing like this gangster. You're like, yeah, Eric Roberts plays <laughs> Crims. He's <laughs> fucking awesome yeah. playing Crims. Who he had to play Falcone in the first movie. I couldn't, I would never have guessed this. I saw that movie like 10 times and then I couldn't remember who it was. I forgot he was even in the movie. Yeah. Do you, do you know who it is? Yeah, it's, um, no. I can't think of his I'm name. I'm so or... close it to remembering so it. It is so far, you won't yeah. remember it. It's so I, far off. I know it's because he, uh, Isn't I, it, uh, he was in the Clooney film. Um, yes, he's in Michael Clayton. Yeah. Yeah, what's his fucking Tom name? Tom Wilkinson. Yes, Tom, Tom Wilkinson. Wilkinson. From The Full Monty. That's right. I, I think he plays Wilkinson. the loser in The Full Monty. Yeah. And he is, uh, he, he, he begged <laughs> like a dog. Yeah. He's yeah. like fully He's doing great. like this Chicago accent. Yeah. And it's just like, that is the pulpiness where it's like yeah. that first film, it's pulpy. It's like, it's not in the reality yet, but it is following this logic. Yeah. This film, I think he's like, no, I just want people to buy it so they can mm. buy who the fucking Joker is. They can buy so, this Two-Face turn. You know, I, the, one of the things I think that Dark Knight did, which I'm not sure, sh- uh, I feel like I'm correct mm. in saying this, which was... To me, Batman Begins is uh, just kind of the updated template yeah. to how to do superhero movies in two thousands plus. Yeah. Very much like uh, you know, he was influenced by Christopher Reeve's Superman, and I think you can kind of see yeah. the DNA the there. Donner films, but yeah. you know, you go back and you watch Iron Man, and Iron Man has many of the same beats mm. as Batman, Batman Begins. Yeah, big time. But yeah. the Dark Knight, I don't, I don't, I don't remember anyone saying this before. Was when Directors suddenly he was like, oh, I was really heavily influenced by heat, and I wanted to breed a yeah. heat aesthetic mm. to this film. And then now, you know, Marvel does that all the time now. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, it's our know. version of a seventies like, yeah. crime uh, political we've thriller. Ho- we've yeah. got a heist yeah. movie now, you know. Yeah, Ant-Man, that's yeah. true. Classic caper heist. Yeah, film. and yeah. Uh, people started talking like yeah. that when Nolan was just very honestly sort of saying, you know, I'm a big fan of Michael Mann and, yeah. you know, wanted to apply that. And I was saying to you guys earlier, I, I rewatched Heat straight after. I did mm. a rewatch of The Dark mm. Knight. And, uh, yeah, the like the blue tones. Yeah. Uh, oh, the yeah. L.A. is a character, this yeah. sprawling character in the It's a city movie. movie, yeah. The the Pacino De Niro scene is, uh, you know, you can, you can see, once again, they're very different in uh, execution, but you can see the Joker Batman yeah. conversation and yeah it's really it's really interesting to watch it back to back yeah what what Dark Knight doesn't have is just those little moments of pop from Al Pacino where he just yeah. really explodes and <laughs> yeah. just acts just a bit bigger than he's ever acted God. before I wish oh! that there was a scene in this <laughs> movie where Gary Oldman's like Maggie Gyllenhaal you have a great ass <laughs> <laughs> Wish there was that scene in there. Oh my lord, that'd be amazing, <laughs> Rachel. I, before we wrap things up, I want to t- take a look at an alternative <laughs> reality. We talked. I mentioned earlier, like the other choices that were in 
you know, the zeitgeist of who people thought should play the Joker mm. before Heath Ledger. Okay. Do you guys remember who... It was down to two people, really. Heath Ledger and another actor oh. that... I remember reading a lot about it on IMDb and the trades and stuff. There was the big names and then there was another name that people didn't really know. I think everyone in this room would definitely know who it is now. It was another Australian actor. It was Lockie Holm. Oh, you what? know what? I do remember that mm. now. Yeah. Lockie has told me that. Really? Yes. Yeah. I thought that you would know him yeah. personally and like not not very well. Yeah. But, uh, he was one of the final choices for the He was it was, was down to the, the two. Mix, I think. It was yeah. basically down to the two where it was kind of either way. Interesting. And he's an Australian theater and TV actor mainly. Mm. Yeah. Great. Like I've seen him in so many theater productions. I think he's really awesome. <laughs> I think he's a great actor. He's in the new... Uh, Romper Stomper? Yeah, he's in yeah. the Romper Stomper TV series oh, at the moment. Yeah, true. I just um, think of him from Let's Get Skates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think yeah. of. <laughs> I saw him in Speed the Plow like a couple of years ago, the Mammoth play, mm. yeah. with him, Rose, uh, Rose Byrne and Damon Harriman, and he was yeah. fabulous mm. in it. Mm. Um, but he is like the biggest Batman fan yeah. in the world. Like he, yeah. I've heard that he has like the biggest collection of Batman and the Joker in particular memorabilia yeah. in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a massive fan. Like d- down to minute detail as well, like knowing... James Gordon's nickname from the comics and Which stuff is? like that. I can't remember. It's, like it's called his name is Detective <laughs> Pikachu. So <laughs> <laughs> that's his nickname. But uh yeah, you know, it's um it's it's just really hard to see anyone else in this particular yeah. version of the Joker because he brings it. he brings the fear. He he's really funny. Yeah. Uh he's he, he hits so many different notes. Yeah. He never over it. Like, yeah. like he, how, how did he not overrank the Joker? I know, <laughs> I know. know. Almost everyone else has. Everyone, you it's know. really tough to follow because he he literally uh, set the bar. Yeah. yeah, to set the bar and to become instantly iconic to the point that almost everyone dressed up as the Joker that year for Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. yeah. <laughs> people still do. And it, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's had like a a negative impact on the world. I would say. Like, uh, yes. not entirely, because I think it's a great performance and it, like, will be always held as one of the great performances. You know, of course, there was, like, the, the shooting at the premiere Aurora. of The Dark Knight yeah. oh, yeah. Rises well, and stuff. You know, I, I, my, my argument with that kind of thing is that uh, it's... If if it wasn't if it wasn't that movie, it was going to be something else. Yeah. Mm. So mm. it's you, you exactly know. yeah. Um, it just it, it it gave an iconography to people that were feeling a certain way. Well, it, yeah. You know. it, it also pointed out to us that there are people out there who are idiots and yeah. miss the point of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. <laughs> you're like you're not meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like like what makes the character interesting is he does say some very logical things. Yeah. Mm. But just because someone says something that's logical doesn't mean that you should take yeah. it on board, yes. as it were. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the Jared Leto, when, you know, like it was, they over-egged how he looked and everything. I reckon, if, like, you know when you watch a movie and you wish you could have had some effect on it? And yeah. I, uh-huh. I, I think Suicide Squad could have been a really interesting film. I would have taken all the supernatural bullshit out of it yeah. and I would have made it, if you wanted to set it in that well, There universe. goes, like, literally the villain. Oh, yeah, well, but no, <laughs> but... half the squad. Yeah. Right, but you know the, what I would have done is... And the squad is on point. Well, you know, what you could have done is, if you're going to, you know, when they were trying to set up that yeah. universe, while that Batman versus Superman movie's happening, yeah. 
you have the Joker. You make it a you make it a full on gangster film. Yeah. And you have the Joker decide to hit the five families of Gotham. Mm. Yeah. And the Suicide Squad have to come in to yeah. take him down. Yeah, so, that's a good movie. That's, so that's exciting. Remember the first time you saw the photo of Jared Leto um, yeah. as the Joker? With the grill. Do you remember the way you felt? I remember the way I felt. I yeah. remember thinking, like, <laughs> this is a prank. Right, so right. I remember thinking, this yeah. is a, we're being pranked right now. And then all the talk around it was, oh, oh no, this is not how he's going to look in the movie. This is mm. just a photo he's gonna wear clothes. Right. that they've put together yes. to, like, pay homage to all the comic book versions of the Joker. And then the trailer comes out, and there's his fucking damaged yeah. tattoo, and that and stupid like, mouth everyone's on going his like, hand. Those yeah. are the things that we had the problem with. Yeah, yeah. we hated all that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just what, thought though? they're like, oh, he's going to wear a suit in the movie. Yeah, so it's not your. I know you're upset that he's topless or whatever, but <laughs> our joke is not going to be topless. And he was, he was a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was topless quite a bit. Yeah, but I remember being just so pissed off. Now looking back at it, I don't care. Like whatever. They're all like, every, whatever. every Joker can be different and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's you know, the like point. the character that's the character's changed mm, in the comics. Yeah. You know, there's so many different yeah, exactly. versions of it, you know. There's... there's like five Jokers right now, isn't there in the the current Tom King Batman series run? Uh I th- no, there's so there's this thing coming out that's been coming out for a while. That, that, so mm. all right. Uh just in case you didn't think I could get super nerdy. There was <laughs> uh there was a uh, a Justice League run by Jeff Johns, yeah. the writer, and there was a moment where uh, all the heroes ended up being given godlike powers. Yeah. For the story, Batman got this chair of ultimate knowledge, and the first question he asked was, "Who is the Joker?" And then he was shocked to discover the answer, which we weren't told. But mm. essentially, the answer was, "There's three. Yeah. So mm. I don't know where they're going with wow. that as an idea, mm. but. Um, you know, they've been that's been one of those stories that's coming soon for years. Yeah, <laughs> far out. Shit. So, so there's no definitive answer. But you know, I, I just you know, I just don't really like he's a much yeah. more interesting character exactly when you don't really know. It's kinda cool that it can be different every time. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it has been. I think yeah. that's really cool. Because because if he's if he's the opposite of Batman, well then he always has to have uh, like we know Batman's origin, mm, mm. so to make him oh, yeah, be the true. reflection, we don't yeah. need an origin. It should be muddy, you know. Yeah. And that's what I think the Dark Knight did so well. There we go. It yeah. muddies it all up in a beautiful way, like a dog splashing around in a puddle. Oh God, I wish that was a line in the movie. <laughs> Hello, you said something very interesting before. You said uh, the Joker had been misinterpreted by all these idiots and stuff. Yeah, I wonder if one of these idiots that misinterpreted the Joker is Todd Phillips. He's <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> uh, so director of Due Date, the director of The Hangover, director of Old School. So it's interesting. I'm, I've been enjoy mm. like I don't want. Like, I don't really need a Joker film, but I've really enjoyed the trailers. Mm. But I've had to stop reading what he's saying. Oh, yeah. Because everything he's saying in the lead-up is making me go, oh, oh. I've sort of avoided all of it. The only thing yeah. I've read was him going, uh, I really love Taxi Driver, and I really love King of Comedy, and yeah. it's annoying that those movies don't get made anymore. And I don't get to make them. And I wanted to make one, and this yeah. is the only way I could make it. There's Which been, I kind of respect, in a right. way. There's mm. been some real fun stuff that he's been saying. Like, this this week, the latest one was, like, people... like. The criticism of the movie, do you think this is a dangerous movie and stuff? And him going like, people aren't saying that about John Wick. John Wick's a white guy that kills 300 people. And it's like, well, I mean, the director doesn't understand tone. That makes me scared. <laughs> yeah, that bothers movie. me. <laughs> Mate, but all, but like, 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 that's it. like, that's a bad response. Really bad. Because also, they killed his dog. 
and yeah. uh, they stole his car. Yeah. And I was wrapped for John Wick to kill everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, but I can see what why you would be defensive of it if you'd made a movie and yeah, then, and then people are like ignoring every other action. Movie oh yeah, thousand people die. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. intrigued by it. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it with like a healthy optimism. I yes, think. I will oh, go yeah. to an early morning session. Uh, hopefully with no one else in attendance very soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I, what's the point of going into a movie wanting to not enjoy it? Exactly. Mm, you know, I always want to, like, if I'm going to spend some time here, I, I want it to be good. Yeah. I get a popcorn, I get a choc top. I'm having a good time. Mm. I go in lubed. You go in dry. <laughs> I go dry. <laughs> and Hamo's somewhere in the middle, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> uh, Hamo, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. No My worries, God, thank oh, you. We've been wanting to have you on the, back on this pod for ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this one in particular, when we started this podcast, we're like, we got to do a Dark Knight one. We've got to mm. get Hamo on for that episode. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me give you one more of my notes. Close <laughs> uh, us out of it. Um, and I'll... Uh, so this will be uh, a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens the next day after the Dark Knight? What does uh, what does Bruce do when he gets home? And what does what does Jim say to the rest of his family when they suddenly realise he really only loves his son? <laughs> when he, when they find out that they've got a favourite yeah. in front of all of them, yeah, and like his wife is like going, "What the fuck? Yeah. Like I'm your wife." Yeah. <laughs> Like You've I know, got like, another kid. <laughs> yeah. I would love to watch just a minutiae, just the minutiae of Bruce's day the next day. Yeah. Just like oh, kind yeah. of giving himself an ice bath oh. with all these bruises yeah. and just kind of pottering around. Oh, 2008. <laughs> like, so just a d- Gus Van Sant <laughs> sort of like last days. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There's no Uber Eats back then, so I don't know. I guess yeah. Alfred's hopping down to the Alfred's kitchen. Alfred's cooking oh, him up, Sonsman. cooking. Yeah. He's uh, not really eating. Say, Master Wayne, why don't we chuck on one of the carry-on films and have a good old <laughs> laugh? Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I was watching this, I was on a... On a little village after we burnt down a forest. And uh, it's like, geez, Alfred, do you have any stories where you haven't burnt down a forest? <laughs> no, Master Wayne, I've had a very fucked up life. <laughs> I've I seen some bigger. shit. <laughs> this is the calmest thing I've ever done is look after a Batman. So. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Hammer, you've got a live show coming up. Uh, so if you're in Sydney, October 5th at the Sydney Comedy Store, uh, 7.30, I'm doing a solo show there uh, with uh, Beck Melrose mm. as support. Great comic. Or as I'm now referring to her as my pension plan. So <laughs> keep improving, Beck. <laughs> I've got a lot invested in you. <laughs> Earlier that night, you can see both of Cameron and I. We are hosting a live total reboot. Oh, yeah. It is on the 5th of October. It starts at like 5.15pm. The tickets are on sale. So you will be able to go see us and then catch an Uber and go see Cam- and Camo's show straight away. So yep. where, where are you doing your? We're doing it at the Staves Brewery. Staves Brewery, the Powerbomb. The Powerbomb yep. Comedy Festival. Tickets are like 20 bucks. Um, if you're a Povo student, just hit us up. We'll sort something out for you, a little discount code or something. Yep. I have been a student for most of my life. Mate. I know the struggles. Okay, that's why I'm trying to reap back some cash right now, okay? <laughs> so don't say I'm selfish. I paid my dude. Jeez Louise. <laughs> wow. Please come to the show. This guy's angry. What are we doing for the show? We're going to be talking about some of our favorite films and stuff from this decade the in decade. cinema. Yep. We're wrapping up the 20 teenies yep. in beautiful lifestyle. Can you give us a hint of... Uh, Suicide. Squad. Suicide yeah. Squad <laughs> will get a mention. We're going to yeah. be talking exclusively about Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, really going to go into the background of uh, what really yeah. made the Enchantress. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is next week of the podcast. We are going into Suicide Squad.
Squad. We're oh, leading up yeah. to the Todd Phillips Joker movie, mm-hmm. um, talking about the most interesting comedian of our age, the Joker. <laughs> and Cameron said all Jokers can be different, and that's where I think that's my opinion on comedy in general. All, all comedians jokers. can be different. All yeah. comedians are different. We've usually at the end of this podcast we mm. wrap up by musing about cinema, but mm. because we're talking about the Joker, yeah. um, I think we I would love to hear just your thoughts on the importance of stand-up comedy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think uh, stand-up is a real opportunity to uh, entertain people, mm-hmm. and I think you can get some uh, really interesting ideas out there. I think it's a malleable art form, yep. and uh, comedians shouldn't limit themselves to just talking about the everyday <laughs> bullshit. Yep. You can really go into some fascinating <laughs> places. That's true. That's, That's just true. off the top oh, of my head. Yeah. That's really true. Like, yep. Comedians, they're allowed to talk about anything, man. I'd also like to add that you can uh, you can be really crass, but you can also be really insightful. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. in the same joke. Yeah, like the they're my joke. favorite jokes—the ones <laughs> yeah. that you go, "Wow, this that fart dirty. joke really made me rethink uh, what really <laughs> set up World War One." Yeah, yeah, big time. Oh, it's, I love comedy. Yeah, me too. I'm obsessed with it. You guys yeah. are fantastic, uh, and you've, you've been a fantastic audience. Thanks so much for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the mm, no, this is. No, go on. <laughs> well, you know, the <laughs> comedians like um, Jerry Seinfeld and Jay Leno, they mm. are obsessive cars. Yeah, yeah. The Joker, he's always talking about his scars. Okay. There we go. Comedians with scars getting coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the web series we would have had if yeah. he was still with us. <laughs> so how'd you get your scar? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's another episode. <laughs> how'd you get these cars? <laughs>